I'm Dr. Joe Esposito, and welcome to our podcast for the health of it. Remember to subscribe to our podcasts, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. The information presented on this program is not intended to take the place of your personal physician's advice, and it is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Discuss this information with your own physician or healthcare provider to determine what is right for you. Are you suffering needlessly? Dr. Joe can give you advice on how to naturally get well and stay well. Dr. Joe Esposito. Today, we're going to talk about dairy. Now, if you listen to our shows in the past, uh, I have a, a, a standard that I use, and it's called the seven deadly sins of nutrition. And the seven deadly sins of nutrition, if you're new to the show, are alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, and artificial sweetener. Now, if you're new to the show, collectively, you're saying, that's my whole diet. Wait a minute, say that again. Alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, and artificial sweetener. That's all I ever eat. I can't survive if I can't eat alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, and artificial sweetener. And my point is that you can, and you will thrive by cutting back or cutting out the alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, and artificial sweetener. So we're doing a show dedicated to each one of the seven deadly sins, and today we're on dairy. So we're going to talk about dairy, uh, what it's doing to you, and I, this is what's going to happen. You're going to listen to the show, and you're going to say, that's me. Dr. Joe, you just described me. That's exactly the symptoms that I'm having. And the simple thing to do is just give up your dairy for a few weeks, see how you feel, go back to the dairy, you'll feel awful, and you'll say, Dr. Joe is right. And we have a whole list of Dr. Joe is right. It's a very, very long list that I've, I've been lecturing now for 35 years. And so dairy is one of the things in the Dr. Joe is right column. So let's start with a few reasons why you should be avoiding dairy at all costs and why following the USDA recommendations, it's like they have, they have the pyramid and the list and it's changed. I don't even know what it is today, are not a good idea. Okay, so got milk? I hope not. Dairy is nature's perfect food if you're a calf. Cow's milk is made for cows. Human milk is made for humans. Dog milk is made for dogs. And so we are species specific. And as far as I know, we are the only species that would intentionally go out and drink the milk of another mammal. It's really bizarre. Because think about this. A baby cow is, I don't know, 100 pounds when it's born, 200 pounds. I don't know how big a baby cow is. I've seen them, but I've never weighed them. You're born at about six pounds, eight pounds, 10 pounds. So the baby cow is much bigger than you. So the milk that's given to the baby cow is designed to feed that baby cow and make it become a teenage cow, whatever cows become after their babies. Our milk, human milk, is not designed the way cow's milk is because you only weigh eight, 10 pounds. You don't need that much nutrition and you don't need that kind of nutrition. So it's not the same thing drinking cow's milk versus human milk. And we're gonna talk later why you should stop drinking milk after you're weaned. And that's, there's a reason for that. There's actually a physiological reason for that. But based on research, in my personal experience, I've been practicing for a long time now, I advise my patients to avoid dairy products at all costs. Now, I used to like things like ice cream and butter and yogurt and cheese. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. But as a scientist, I have to look honestly at what we know. I base my decisions on objective information, not subjective information. I miss provolone cheese. I remember when I was in college, I'd go, I'm, I was raised Italian. So I'd go back to New Jersey and visit my parents and they'd always have this big round thing of provolone cheese imported from Italy. That was my present. And I'd bring it back to college and I'd eat just a little bit at a time because it was so wonderful and so delicious. Now I miss that. But knowing what I know, I couldn't do it again. And hopefully I can educate you to think those same things. So let's talk about the reasons I have issues with the standard American diet. That's called the SAD diet, S-A-D, standard American diet. Now I'm aware that my advice uh, might fly in the face of uh, other recommendations. Uh, a lot of things I recommend. 
uh, fly in the face of other recommendations. But here's the thing. I've got science to back everything I say. So a couple of things. Consume a variety of foods. If we're talking about the, the recommended uh, dosage of food, what the USDA says we should be eating. Number one, they say consume a variety of foods within the basic food groups or the pyramid or whatever they're following these days while staying within your body's energy needs. You know what energy means? Calories. I don't like this. When I studied nutrition, again, I'm board certified in chiropractic, orthopedics, pain management, double board certified in nutrition, a BS in nutrition, retired dietitian, award-winning author. And we used to call things calories. And that's probably what you know, Maz. But now they've changed the word and it's called energy. How much energy does something uh, have? It just means how many calories does it have? So if you can eat the foods within the, 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 the recommendations and you're getting enough calories, that's what you should do, right? So let's assume you choose dairy and meat and fat and carbohydrates. The perfect meal, again, it's within the parameters of what we can, they suggest, could be a cheeseburger, milkshake, fries, and ketchup. Now, potatoes and tomatoes are the top two vegetables consumed in America. I'm okay with the tomatoes. Now, some people have reaction due to lectins, and that's a whole other lecture. We're not going to get into that. And potatoes are nightshades, and that's another talk, too. But we're eating the wrong vegetables as the top two uh, 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 vegetables, tomatoes and potatoes in, in the form of ketchup, which is 42% sugar. Now, generic advice like that, eat enough calories, pick from this group, you're going to be fine, is pretty much meaningless and potentially harmful. Also, general recommendations. Control your caloric intake to manage your weight. Again, that sounds good, uh, but it, even the best trained nutritionists and dietitians can't come close to correctly estimating uh, your correct caloric intake. Let me explain this to you. I was taught 3,500 calories equals one pound. If you take 3,500 calories out of your diet, you will lose one pound. If you eat 3,500 calories, you will gain a pound. Anyone ever heard that before? You might have had heard that. So here's the thing. All right, I'm eating, well, I'm gonna cut back 500 calories a day. So that would mean in seven days, I will lose a pound. Well, if I keep cutting back 500 calories, eventually I'd die. Because according to that theory, I'd lose a pound a week, and after 52 weeks, it's 52 pounds. After a few years, there'd be nothing left to me. So what happens is the bigger you are, and I used to be fat, so I can say the F word, the bigger you are, the higher your metabolism, the more calories you need to maintain that body. As you start to lose weight, you need less calories or energy, which I don't like. So this is why you don't all shrivel up and die because your metabolism changes. And this is why you hit a plateau when you're losing weight. I'm losing weight, this is great, all of a sudden, bam, I hit a plateau. Why? Because now you have to cut back further because your metabolism changes. So that whole general rule just doesn't work. Also consider this. It's okay to consume all of your calories, if they're saying just calories, from cola, ice cream, as long as you stay within your caloric needs. Of course not. This is not good advice. So generic rules like that, or general rules like that, I don't like. They don't make sense. Increase your intake of fruits and vegetables, whole grains, low-fat milk, dairy products. Well, the fruits and veggies and certain whole grains are probably okay, but the milk, not so much. I'm going to get back to milk in a second. I'm going off on a tangent here. Choose your carbohydrates wisely. That's another recommendation, the standard recommendations. Now, who's going to argue with that? I agree with that. But how do you define wisely? The real advice should be cut down your sugar intake from 185 pounds of sugar per person per year. We consume 185 pounds of sugar per person per year. If you cut it back to less than a pound, now that's good advice. Avoid things like breads, cookies, cakes, donuts, pastas. Stick with whole food carbohydrates. 
Things like vegetables, fruit, whole grains, beans, nuts, and seeds. Wait a minute, what does that sound like? That sounds like what Dr. Joe's been teaching for the past 35 years. Most of your diet should consist of fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. If you want to lose weight, cut back on some of the nuts and seeds. Really not that hard, folks. Choose to prepare your food with a little salt. Now, that's not bad advice, but it doesn't make sense if most of what you eat is packaged or processed foods because you don't actually prepare them. So you can choose your foods. If you're eating packaged foods, it's loaded with salt. Why? Salt makes things taste good. Most Americans who eat half of their meals outside of their homes are eating a ton of processed chemicals. Now, this isn't helpful. A better recommendation to avoid anything that's packaged, processed, canned, prepared, and fast foods. I joke that if it has a label on it, you probably shouldn't eat it. Now, I eat foods with labels on it. It's okay, but I want you to eat more fruits, vegetables, nuts, and seeds. I want you to know what the foods are made of. Whole foods, real foods, don't have ingredient labels on them. Kind of cool. If you drink alcoholic beverages, I love this one, drink in moderation. Sounds good. What does moderation mean? Now, if you drink two bottles of wine a night and you cut back to one bottle of wine, well, now you're in moderation. You cut, cut your alcohol consumption by 50%. I think a better suggestion is limit your alcohol consumption to nothing or a half a drink a day or maybe three drinks a week, which is still a lot. Now, that amount seems to have uh, some benefits, but it also has some downside. So you'll hear things like coffee's good for you. Coffee's high in antioxidants. It is. Coffee stimulates your metabolism. It does. But coffee has a dark side. There's caffeine, which stimulates the nervous system, can burn out the nervous system, can affect the brain. It's a diuretic. It can make you pee. It can stimulate your bowels. Some people say, I can't go to the bathroom unless I drink coffee. Coffee's an acid. It irritates your bowels. So better that you eat a whole food diet, and that works better. I did a whole show on alcohol, by the way. It's on our website, drjoe.com. If you want to hear just about alcohol, we did a whole hour or two on just alcohol. We have over 1,000 hours of podcasts on the website, folks, drjoe.com. Uh, don't eat unsafe foods. Of course, you shouldn't leave your egg salad out in the sun. Um, but what about, you shouldn't touch raw chicken, things like that. But what about things like pesticides, uh, hormones, antibiotics, genetically modified food, glyphosate, despite the scientific, scientific evidence out there that they cause harm, those aren't even included or mentioned in standard uh, recommendations. Now you can see why I have such a big problem with standard food guides. Now, I digress. I, I told you I was going to talk about dairy today, and I will. One thing. Let's talk about some, some lies. Milk doesn't reduce fractures. People think milk builds build strong bones. It doesn't. Contrary to popular belief, eating dairy products has never been shown to reduce fracture risk. And in fact, According to a thing called the Nurses' Health Study, which is this huge study that's been going on for decades, it can actually increase the risk of fractures by 50%. The reason is this. Milk is high in is calcium. Yes, it is. Okay? Question number one, where do cows get the calcium from? They don't take calcium supplements. They get it from their food, from plants. So plants are loaded with calcium. Number two, when you pasteurize the milk, the calcium bonds to a protein called casein. And unless you have enzymes to break those things apart, you can't free up the calcium. So a lot of the calcium in the milk is not usable calcium. And you need an enzyme called renin, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. And as an adult, we don't produce renin. So we can't break down the casein to free up the calcium. So yes, it's high in calcium. It's not a good source of calcium. But dairy products are also high in two amino acids called methionine and cysteine. Animal products are high in methionine. But methionine and cysteine are acids. And when you put methionine and cysteine in the body, you've got to neutralize those acids. And the body uses calcium as its primary neutralizing agent. Your body is giving up calcium to neutralize the acid that's found in the milk, and is, it uses more calcium than it gets from the milk. So you go into calcium deficiency by
by drinking things like milk, and the nurse's study has shown that very clearly. Less dairy, better bones. You heard that before. Countries with the lowest rate of dairy and calcium consumption, like those Africa and Asia, have the lowest rates of osteoporosis. So general statement there, but again, less dairy products you consume, the lower your risk of osteoporosis. Calcium isn't bone protective as we thought. Studies on calcium supplementation have shown no benefit in reducing risk fracture. If you just take calcium, that's great, but calcium is just one ingredient that you're gonna find in bones. So the bone is made up mostly of calcium, but it's like making a cake. If you ever make a cake, it's mostly flour and sugar, maybe some butter and some eggs, but then you add a little baking powder. And that little bit, that li a little tiny bit of vanilla maybe, the tiny, tiny ingredients, touch of salt, these are the things that actually make it come together. If you leave that little ingredient out, the whole thing doesn't work. Same thing with bones. Just calcium is not gonna build your bones. And if you're eating a high acid diet, it's sucking the calcium out of the body. Vitamin D appears to be much more important than calcium in preventing fractures. Now, most people are deficient in vitamin D. If you live in a very sunny area, let's say south of the Mason-Dixon line, and you're outside for 20 minutes a day or a half hour, and a good portion of your body is exposed, maybe you have shorts on, a short sleeve shirt, a V-neck uh, shirt, and you're gonna get 20 minutes of sunlight a day, minimum, every day, chances are you won't need to take vitamin D supplement. If not, the chances are extremely high that you're gonna to need to take a vitamin D supplement. Now, on our website, drjoe.com, we, one of our supplements is Dr. Joe's vitamin D with vitamin K, K2 as a matter of fact, not K1, K2. And those are, have been shown to really help build bone, but it's also been shown to build the immune system. There are some studies out there now that say uh, if, you take, if you keep your vitamin D levels within a normal range, it's as effective as taking a flu shot when it comes to the flu. Wait a minute, that's not bad. That's pretty cool. And we're finding now vitamin D is good for bones, it's good for brain function, it's good for the immune system. Almost every week I'm reading a new study on vitamin D and why it's so important to get, get the vitamin D in your body. You don't need to take a lot. Hours, it's 5,000 international units. Five drops of Dr. Joe's vitamin D is all you need every day. How easy is that? If it's not summer, no matter where you are, if you're not getting direct sun like toward the equator, you're gonna to need to take vitamin D as well. And five drops a day is all you really need. It's not that big a deal. So I strongly advise that when you get a blood work done, and we can do it in our office, get your vitamin D done. Get your vitamin D measured. Now, calcium may raise the risk of cancer. Research shows that, shows that higher intakes of both calcium and, di and dairy products may increase a man's risk of prostate cancer from, by 30 to 50%. Plus, dairy consumption increases the body's level of something called insulin-like growth factor. Insulin-like growth factor, like insulin, actually causes cells to grow. If you increase it beyond where it should be, it's actually a known cancer promoter. So it's called IGF-1 or insulin-like growth factor 1. Calcium has benefits that dairy doesn't. So if calcium supplements but not dairy products may reduce the risk of colon cancer. But if you're taking too much calcium, that can be a problem as well, like we just said. So getting your calcium from food is the best way to do it. And what has the highest amount of calcium in it? What do cows eat to produce milk? What do all animals, well, not all animals, but what do most animals meet, eat to, to produce milk? Fruits and vegetables and some nuts and seeds. So vegetables is gonna be your great source of calcium. And if you're not eating a high acid diet, including alcohol, meat, sugar, dairy, coffee, soda, and artificial sweetener, you don't need as much calcium. So not only are you not giving up your calcium, you're not, you don't need as much to take in. So it really solves the problem. Not everyone can stomach milk. According to statistics, 75% of the world's population is genetically unable to properly digest cow's milk and other dairy products. 
The problem is called lactose intolerance. Now, you may have heard this, lactose intolerance. It's a sugar that's found in milk, and you need lactase to break down the lactose. We don't have lactase as we become adults, so you can't break down the lactose. But there's also a protein in milk called casein. And casein needs an enzyme called renin to break it down. Now, when you're a child, you produce renin, but the renin is specific to your species. So humans produce renin that breaks down casein from human milk and cows and dogs and pigs and whatever. It's all species specific. So we don't have the renin to break down the casein. And here's a perfect point. How many of you like cheese? A lot of you like cheese, right? Cheese was wonderful. I haven't had it in 30, 33 years. Cow cheese, anyway, or any animal cheese. Great. But here's the thing. The way they make cheese is they have to coagulate the casein, and they use something called rennet. Rennet, essentially, is renin, which they get from scraping the stomachs of baby cows, of, of, of calves, of veal. And they get the, the chemical to, break, to make the, ca the casein coagulate. Now, you may think, well, I don't eat animal products, Dr. Joe. I'll eat dairy because no animal is killed for it. I'll just eat cheese. It's okay. I'm a vegetarian. Well, you, if you, chances are, if you're eating cheese, many of the cheeses will have the rennet in there, so you're eating the scraping of a cow's stomach. So it's pretty gross, too. So talking about dairy today and why I'm not a big fan of dairy. Now, everybody needs calcium, but probably not as much as, as you think we do. Calcium from diet, including greens and beans, is better utilized in the body with less risk than calcium supplements or calcium from animal products. Calcium probably doesn't prevent bone fractures, as we talked about. So now we start to see a, a repetition of uh, what we've been talking about. You don't need a whole lot of calcium. That's what's pretty cool. Um, and the more dairy products you can, the, the, the less acid you, produce, you, you in, ingest, the less dairy products you need. So that's one of the reasons I don't recommend dairy. But dairy can contribute to a lot of health problems. How about allergies, sinus problems, ear infections, type 1 diabetes, chronic constipation, anemia, especially in children? And that's the thing. If you feed cow's milk to a child, it doesn't have iron in it. So many times we're giving a baby cow's milk thinking we're doing the right thing. It doesn't have all the nutrients that the baby needs. Again, we're not baby cows. That's important to remember. Now, due to these circumstances, many have begun to consider raw milk as an alternative. I get this question all the time when I do live lectures. Not really a healthy form of dairy either. Yes, raw, whole, organic milk eliminates concerns like pesticides, hormones, antibiotics, uh, and the effects of homogenization and pasteurization. Again, we talked about if you pasteurize something, it combines the, 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 the uh, proteins together. Uh, but the risks far outweigh any benefits. Now, from an evolutionary standpoint, milk is a very strange food to humans. Until 10,000 years ago, we didn't domesticate animals. We weren't able to drink milk unless we like hunted down a wild tiger and milked it or a you know, buffalo or something. But that's not something we did. So milk is relatively new to the human species. Now, if you don't believe that, consider this. A majority of humans naturally stop producing significant amounts of lactase. Remember we talked about lactase? It's the enzyme that breaks down lactose. And you need that to break down lactose, which is the sugar in milk. Sometime between the ages of two and five, we stop producing the lactase. Now, in fact, most mammals, the normal condition is to stop producing enzymes needed to properly digest and metabolize milk after they've been weaned. Our bodies just weren't made or designed to drink milk on a regular basis. Instead, most scientists agree it's better for us to get calcium, potassium, protein, fats, and from other food sources like whole foods, plants, vegetables, grains, beans, nuts, seeds, even seaweed. Now, there's supplements that I recommend everybody take because most of us are not getting the nutrients that we need from our diet. 
And if this was 30 years ago, it would have been different. And even 30 years ago, if you remember, if you're old enough, milk used to have cream on top. Remember it would separate? We used to have a milkman come at 4 o'clock in the morning. It was right outside my bedroom window, I remember. And I'd hear the milk clank together, and he had a little milk, uh, I don't know, it was a little box, the milk box, I guess it was called. He'd lift it up, put, take the old bottles out, give you a deposit, put the new ones in. And milk had cream, milk had flavor. And whatever the cows ate, the milk tasted like. I don't know if you're old enough to remember this, but if the cows ate uh, scallions, they tasted a little bit like onions. If they ate clover, it tastes like clover. So whatever the cows ate, now the cows eat things like soybeans. And they eat things like corn, which they're not designed to eat. And also, those foods are very high in omega-6 fatty acids. Omega-6 fatty acids cause inflammation. Now, as a chiropractor, my job is to get you out of pain, reduce inflammation, and get you healthy. If you're fighting me, or my team of doctors, and you're fighting us by doing things like eating bad foods, causing inflammation in the body, you're probably not going to get the results that you want. And every now and then a patient will say, well, I went to my chiropractor or I went to my doctor and I'm just not getting any better. Did you follow all their advice? No. Did they even give you advice on nutrition? Many times, no. In our office, we do chiropractic and we do nutrition. And the nutrition is a key component to getting you well. There's 120,000 foods you can eat. I'm guessing that number. You can survive very well and way less expensive on healthy food than you can on toxic food. So whatever your motivation is, you'll get there. I, have, I take supplements every day. I take Dr. Joe's Super Greens and Dr. Joe's Essential Source. Now, they're two powders. I mix them with coconut milk, almond milk, because I don't drink cow's milk, obviously. We're talking about dairy. I shake it up and I drink it. I'll, maybe I'll throw some frozen bananas or berries in there and make a smoothie out of it. But that's the minimum supplements you should be taking every single day. And it has a lot of natural sources of things like calcium and potassium. And so I can't imagine why anyone wouldn't be at least taking Super Greens an essential source. And the complaint I get every single day, I've been in practice 35 years, missed a half a day of work in 35 years. Biggest complaint I get, why didn't I do this sooner? So that's why if, you, if, if you're not willing to do anything else, at least consider Dr. Joe's Super Greens and Dr. Joe's Essential Source. They're on the website, drjoe.com, drjoe.com. So we have a lot of other supplements there too. Over a thousand hours of podcast too. So here's my advice for dealing with dairy. Don't rely on dairy for healthy bones. If you want healthy bones, get plenty of exercise, supplement, we talked about supplements, make sure you're taking your vitamin D as well. I take about 5,000 international units a day. Again, it's only five drops of Dr. Joe's vitamin D. I very seldom get sick. I've got very good bones. Every time I get my blood work done, if I, get, if I donate blood, they're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And I have the, the, uh, the a profile of somebody 20, 30 years younger than me. Get your calcium from food. Those are things like dark green leafy vegetables. Uh, tahini, which is uh, sesame seed butter, which a lot of times goes into hummus. Uh, sea vegetables. If you're going to eat fish, sardines. Why sardines? Because they're small and you eat the bones, but the smaller the fish, the less likely it is to be toxic. The bigger the fish, the longer they've been alive, the higher risk of mercury toxicity in the fat. fat it builds up into fat cells. So I don't eat fish. I wouldn't recommend you eat fish. If you're going to eat fish, the smaller the fish, the better. Try to give up all your dairy. That means eliminate milk, cheese, yogurt, ice cream. Here's my challenge. Do it for two weeks. See how you feel. No dairy, not a sip, not a bite, nothing. Two weeks. If you see improvements in your sinuses, your postnatal drift, your headaches, your irritable bowel syndrome, uh, your energy, your weight, then start eating dairy again and see how you feel. It's real simple. Just do it for two weeks. If you feel worse again, you want to consider giving up milk. So that phrase, got milk, again, I hope not.
Remember, dairy is not criti critical for good health, and I encourage you to go dairy-free. Follow us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. We live stream a lot of our events. We have live events. We invite you through Facebook and Instagram or send us your email address and we'll put you on our invite list as well. And if you want to make an appointment to come see us, I think you should. If you have neck pain, back pain, shoulder pain, headaches, numbness, tingling, folks, it's probably a pinched nerve. Could be something else. But let's start with the most effective, least expensive treatment for back pain, chiropractic care. You can make an appointment right on the website, the Atlanta area. We have offices in Marietta, Duluth, and Stockbridge. We want to be your doctors. We want to get you well and keep you well. Again, I'm Dr. Joe Esposito. The website, 24 hours a day, drjoe.com. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening to For the Health Fit. Remember to subscribe to this podcast, and I'll help you naturally get well and stay well. You can also listen to and call into my radio show live Sunday evenings from 7 to 9 Eastern Time on wsbradio.com and on the WSB Radio app.